2: Welcome to another girls on games podcast my name is leah and i'm the host of this show this week we've got an extra special guest joining with us today host critic consultant one of the many voices of reason in the video game community i'm happy to welcome game onesis aka janet garcia to the show hey janet yo what's up happy to be here oh, i'm so excited to have you on the show uh this has been long overdue for me to reach out and ask you but you know what life is like right
0: Yeah, completely.
2: (laughs) And I've been enjoying, yeah, totally. I've been enjoying hearing your voice over the years on the many different things that you do, written, uh, video, streaming, podcasting. So yeah, get the chance to talk like this is just fantastic.
0: Yeah, it should be pretty fun.
2: Yeah. All right. The other voice on the panel here today is Catherine. How you doing, girl? I'm doing good. Yeah. Everything relaxed and mellow?
1: Yeah. Summer, summer's starting to feel, it feels like summer. It really
2: does. Okay, let's get into some housekeeping before the crew check in. I want to remind you that if you enjoy this show, you can subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. Bean. If you'd like to get some GOG merch, you can do that by going to designbyhumans.com slash shop slash girls on games. Maybe you'd like to give us a tip. Maybe buy us a coffee. You can go to our Ko-fi for that. That's ko-fi.com slash girls on games. And remember, we've got that talk back in the iHeartRadio app. So go leave us a voice memo. You can do that by going to the Girls on Games page inside the iHeartRadio app, hitting that little microphone and recording us a clip. You might be featured on the show. So go try try that out. All right, I'm really excited to get to chat with Janet. So, let's go, Janet. If you were to kind of give the spiel, like the elevator pitch of what it is you do because you do so many things, what would you say?
0: Um, I would struggle at first, as I often do. (laughs) Um, But I would say I am a game critic and content creator. Um, I do um, writing reviews and uh, other features on my own outlet, Pentapixels. I have my own Twitch channel, my own YouTube. Um, kind of my own like role in the industry but then I also um, work with kind of funny so I do PS I love you over there work with min max and I do the pillar podcast there Um, and I also work with um, lost and cult on uh, their quarterly journal lock-on which is like the most recent edition outside of that I do also some consulting work Um, but that's there's less details there because it's like Usually very NDA'd. So yep. <laughs> um yeah, and I do some hosting stuff whenever I can. So yeah, anything related to criticism and making content, I try to get my hands on.
2: Awesome. I wanna hear more about Pen to Pixels because I don't know too much about it. Went and followed on Twitter. So give me the 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 cold notes on that. What is Pens to Pixels?
0: Yeah, essentially, PentaPixels is um, my outlet. Eventually, I'd like to expand to have other writers, but that requires a budget. So TBD <laughs> on the budget part. Um, but I do reviews, features, and listicles there. Um, one of my big pillar pieces of content is my best of watch series that I started last year. So I try to play pretty much everything that comes out that's notable in the conversation um, in every like three months I think I try to drop a new version of best games of whatever year so uh, now that we're in 2022 I'll have a new one coming out I think, really soon, um, which is a little stressful because I'm like, oh, I still haven't finished all these games that I want to play. But yeah, that's basically it. It has, you know, like I said, reviews, features, lists. Um, There's video components as well that I do on YouTube. And um, I'm really proud of the site. I really love the look of it as well. It was designed by my boyfriend, Isaiah, who does um, like software engineering and some level of design. So he like coded it completely so it's like a unique cms um which is interesting because i'm used to just doing stuff off of wordpress but um yeah that's basically the general pitch of it um really excited about doing more content on there and i have a twitter there as well which is like you said you followed that um but yeah that's panda Pixels.
2: oh it's great yeah i'm on the website here now and just going through i i I agree. The layout's great to be able to read articles like that because we're so used to seeing stuff with so many like, I mean, we're guilty of it, the sidebars and all that kind of stuff. And it really just opens up the page. So uh, kudos to your boyfriend for that because, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. I And I love the fact that you're writing your own stuff. Do you find that, especially with how many games are out there to play right now and I know you talked about this a little bit on one of the po- one of the kind of funny podcasts the other day you're doing really well with trying to finish so many games the year but there's so much stuff out there that you want to get your hands on do you find it hard to like get that balance like which ones you want to finish when you feel like you need to move on because you've got you need that you need to try that other hot thing
0: yeah um it can be tough to I think, those games to see through to completion and then also like the execution of it which is usually why i will just try to like binge my way through it if possible because if not i'll end up with like citizen sleeper a game i really liked that i played for four hours and i don't need too many more hours to finish it but i don't know when i'm gonna fit that in so um i do try to come back to stuff that i feel really passionate about and i think what helps with me is i really try to design all my content around Um, My ultimate goal, which is to play as many games as possible and kind of learn from those games and talk about those games And I kind of try to get all of the juice out of that orange as I can. So like doing podcasts, doing written stuff, doing streams. So like rather than just play it on my own, like a lot of times I will just stream those games or like my best of series is also um, a Twitch thing I do every Friday. So every Friday I have baked in time to this is a time where I'm playing a new thing. And sometimes I'll just, you know, see it through to completion, either off stream or on stream. But that at least gets me two to four hours into whatever game came out. And usually that's enough time to at least decide if I want to pursue it further or just kind of get some at least initial thoughts on it. So I find that really helpful.
2: Yeah, cool. Because, yeah, I know that's something we've battled with over the years. Catherine and I, when we kind of started with uh, our Girls on Games thing back Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, we were, like, trying to play everything. And not necessarily things that we liked and we didn't often get through everything, but at least we felt like we had an idea. And now maybe it's because we're older. Maybe it's because we have less time in our lives and we've reevaluated things, especially after the pandemic. We're, like, more leaning towards playing games. We're interested in while still having a very solid knowledge of what's going on in the industry, but with time being limited and kind of what our, you know, mental capacities are, we've really started to, you know, move over to more stuff that we, we are, you know, finishing cause we're, it's our favorite stuff. Rather, we won't stick around at a game that we think we're not into. So mm-hmm. life's too short. It's so true. Yeah. So yeah. how, do you manage it all, Janet? You know, all these different things, playing all these games. Like, what's a day in the life like for you?
0: It really varies. Um, I try to do things in a mix of working with my own energy levels, but also working with the deadlines I have in mind if there are deadlines. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes those are deadlines I set. Sometimes they're things for like patrons where I want to, you know, I do certain content within a month. Um, Sometimes those are things related to the embargoes um, of whatever game that I want to cover so outside of just like what I'm feeling I'll try to divvy up some stuff with just hours so if I have I'm like really starting to be like if I have a project or a game that comes in and even if I feel like I don't have time for it the day I get the code it's like okay can I do like 10 minutes 20 minutes half an hour an hour something like that just to get the ball rolling but a typical day I'll sort of um, get up do whatever like my morning tasks are sort of sit down map out what I have the stuff I have to do that day and then fill in in between with what makes sense to do based on what I have coming up um I'm also like religiously and maybe to my detriment living on the reminders app right now I sort of (laughs) dip around and look for different solutions for things so right now it's like when in doubt I'll just look at my reminders list and it's like okay are there things I need to knock out I'm also trying to like take on small nagging tasks a little quicker. I have a really bad habit of um, having something that I need to do that isn't that hard to do, but I'll just kind of wait and wait and it festers and that kind of creates stress. So I'm sort of trying to, at this point, pick out what things could turn into stressors and start to at least chip away at those. Um, But the day to day really varies. Like on a day that I have shows, I usually try to bake in, you know, Anywhere from as low as like 10 minutes to as high as like half an hour to prep for something, whether that's like fixing the overlay for a stream or just like using the bathroom, getting water, whatever. And in between that, I'm usually just like play, either playing stuff or writing stuff. Um, and if I'm playing something, usually there's like some type of deadline. If I'm playing for fun, that's usually more in the the evening time. Or yeah, I've definitely had days where I'm like, hey, I'm not getting a lot done today, but like, you know, I'm playing Fortnite with people. Like I got really into Fortnite lately, and I'm like, is that productive towards content, not necessarily, but not everything needs to be. And I have my own, you know, you mentioned going to what you gravitate towards. I definitely want to always leave space for that because that's also sort of the point of, of pursuing the career, liking the medium and, and wanting to have fun with it, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Have you ever hit burnout? And if so, how do you kind of move past it? Especially with video games, I find that, you know, it's something we'll go through maybe a week or two where, you know, we're just not interested in playing anything.
0: Yeah. Um, I think... I, I don't know if I've, to what degree I've burned out. I feel like I've dealt with burnout, um, but it has never been too intensely debilitating. Um, usually I can just kind of muster through whatever project I have, but afterward, maybe it'll be like a lighter week, like after doing really big projects. I sort of have like these big heads down moments and then like a space to kind of breathe and then it's back into like when I have the next project that I have um but one thing I try to do at this point since I'm like self-employed ultimately and I'm like there's literally no reason not to ever take time off I mean you don't make money when you're taking time off so that's the one con but I try to do at least a week off my goal is one week off four times a year I don't think I've quite hit that but usually I'll try to do that and I feel like that helps a lot and that I do feel like when there's a little bit of a gap. So I'm like debating right now, like, do I take some time off now or do I like I have a, a vacation already set for like the first week of August. So it's like an awkward in between where I'm like, oh, I can have two really close or just one really long stretch. And ultimately, I try to lean more on taking a break before I feel like I need it and kind of mm-hmm. baking that stuff in. Um, but usually since I so myself's project based, if I'm feeling like kind of it's too much it's like okay let me finish what I'm doing and then end it there um, and then sometimes it's just cutting out work like I've definitely had games where I'm like I want to review this but I just don't I don't have it in me to review it or oh man I'd love to do a video review but look it's due in like a day like do I want to die to get this content out and sometimes, sometimes I do you know sometimes I will like say no I'm gonna crank it out and do it but sometimes I'm like you know I don't I don't need to do this there's no reason to do this and it's just not the right time for me in terms of where my energies are and and making this content like it just doesn't make sense and then I try to take that and like you know hopefully incorporate in the future where okay how can I how could I have created um, a scenario where I could have done the project because I wanted to um, but I try when I can not to to lean too heavily on forcing myself to make content that I literally don't need to make at the end of the day so Mm. that's kind of how I try to deal with it
2: oh cool yeah because also the other thing that i've noticed especially since following you online is you seem to have a fairly solid work-life balance you're actively running uh exercising you're into roller skating uh which i would love to start
0: question you should how close is it to rollerblading
2: <laughs> and ice i do not
0: know <laughs> because i don't do either of those okay um everyone says that it is harder than than inline but i feel like you'll be fine i mean I am pretty uncoordinated and I don't have a lot of like sporty skills. Um, and I still was able to do it. Like it was a little rough at the beginning, but I got decently far with like TikTok and YouTube mm-hmm. and then a few like anecdotal things from people. Um, and now I take lessons so that the, the lessons obviously help a lot. But even without that, like you, you, you can I think you can get to moving fairly easily if you're like, this is something I wanted. to put my time into. Um, but yeah, I, it's funny that you say that, like, I don't think my work life balance is good. I feel like it's not nearly that. Um, but I do try to like be mindful of how to make my life better. I don't think I'm like, you know, at, at goals yet. Um, though I think it's nice that, that people do see me that way or, or kind of look at the good things I do and want to, um, you know, replicate that. Cause I think that's important, but yeah, part of like running and skating and doing those things or even just like going outside for a walk it's like okay how do I get ahead of this the where problems could come up or like just kind of reminding myself that I need to be doing those things and I need to treat those as important as my work and the way I sort of rationalize it to my like type a self is part of me doing my work involves the rest so I like I'm a big like nap person like I'll like lay down a lot of times and I'm like look I need to do this to like do my best work later like it is still in service like rest is still in service of your work mm-hmm. if you need to kind of like couch it that way or if people find that helpful like that's what's helped me kind of maintain those other things when it feels like oh no I need to cut it out so I have more time to work but it's like that works not going to be good because you're exhausted
2: oh yeah I totally understand that we've we've all kind of gotten into a bit of a fitness kick especially like COVID I think did us all in just sitting in chairs being inside you know, hating everything for a while, and then now mm-hmm. everybody's kind of just on a on a fitness kick and just getting out and doing things and realizing that taking care of you is just as important because, like, the news and the game stuff and everything that's gonna be there. Yeah, your body's There's gonna hurt coming out. <laughs> if you don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And that that just is part of it. So so yeah, and I feel like there's like so many opportunities now the gamification of fitness like and how that's kind of come into things like i'm addicted to my apple watch and closing my rings and everything um and you know we've had like the pokemon go app and all that kind of stuff so there is the opportunity for us to try and get active while being fit did you i think i remember too did you do the the we fit uh with the ring
0: Ring Fit Adventure? Oh, yeah. Adventure. I love That's Ring Fit Adventure. Called. Yeah. It's so hard. I Every mm-hmm. year I've wanted to beat that game. That's going to be like, I'm going to be so excited when I finally beat that game because I've been working on it since it came out. But, you know, I don't do it that often. So it's like, it's taken a long time. And it's an RPG and very yeah. much like a long RPG. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great game. I, I love that game. I recommend it to everybody. But yeah, it's a, it's been a slow burn. But I think it's like the ultimate gamer goals in my mind is mm-hmm. is finally I don't know beating Drago one last time you kind of always fight Drago so I'm not really really <laughs> yeah, yeah. sure what the big finale is gonna be here um but yeah I'm very excited to to see that through eventually did, did y'all hit up uh, Ring Fit Adventure at all
1: that's how I started my uh fitness during the pandemic um, nice because I was like I was starting from like bottom of the barrel completely on the floor um and then my spouse got a pull up bar and he was like you're going to do a chin up a single chin up we're doing this um so i kind of like got into calisthenic and strength training and i kind of like didn't go back to ring fit after um and i did do the chin up right now i'm working on doing an actual f- pull up but like once gym's reopen he dragged me there he's like here's some heavy things pick them up put them down pick them up put them down again <laughs> and that's what i that's what i've been doing um That's awesome yeah. yeah
2: it's kind of funny too like just thinking about how like I I messed that up but being it oh not a Wii game a a switch game but like yeah. just thinking about the Wii and the and the Wii U and everything and how much activity was driven into that and yeah. I know the switch has the ability to do that but I never use it that way <laughs> you know even all the motion controls and stuff I don't even think about it that way right now I still think about it as like the static console that's it For sure. um yeah and then there's also other stuff too um you were trying the pokemon smile app like none of oh, us have yeah. done that
0: what is that all about it's so good i i initially used it when it came out because that was back when i was at ign and i was on NBC fairly regularly so i tried it out as like from a Nintendo, even though it's not a Nintendo game, I guess, because it's the Pokemon company, as uh-huh. everyone always reminds everybody of. But, you know, it felt related, right? The IPs on, on Nintendo consoles. Um, so I had tried it before, so I knew how it works. It's just an app um, that helps you, like, brush your teeth. It, like, tells you where in your mouth to brush your teeth and, like, how long. And it t- you, get, like, you can catch Pokemon doing it or whatever. Um, it's kind of part of this whole suite that Pokemon's kind of doing with like lifestyle healthy stuff, right? Pokemon Go has elements of that. Pokemon Sleep, the long awaited app. Don't know when that's coming out, <laughs> yeah. but looking forward to it. So yeah, like I, I wanted to try it again because I um really want I forgot the name of the toothbrush, but there's like a very expensive, like I saw some random dentist online recommended. I'm like, that seems great. And I feel like, you know, yeah, I can always use better like dental care stuff. And you know, dental's like so rough in like the US and da-da-da. So I'm like, cool. That app, that seems cool. It comes with like its own app, um, but that toothbrush is like several hundred dollars. I'm not getting that toothbrush anytime soon. <laughs> so I'm like, well, why don't I just use the Pokemon Smile app? It's the same thing, you know. Why not? Yeah. And it is it is three thousand percent an app designed for children. It's very child friendly. It even says like make sure you're with a parent. So you know. But hey, it's it's all ages, right? It's child and up, right? Like the like the little Lego sets. Um, and I've been loving it. Honestly, it has been a great motivator to brushing my teeth. Um, Especially because before that, like, I know it seems bad that, like, you can't just, like, brush your teeth and be there, but I'm like, oh, I'll be on TikTok or something. But here I'm, like, I'm focused in on brushing now. I'm, like, locked in. I'm getting the Pokemon. You get, like, little hats and stuff that you can wear. And it's, like, it's super silly and goofy and weird, but I, I love it. And I'm like, hey, if you're someone that wants a guided, nerdy, childish brushing experience... Look no further than this Pokemon Smile app, and yeah, I haven't I haven't turned back. I use it pretty much every time I brush my teeth. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, catching those Pokemon it's it's actually challenging. It's actually a, a pretty hard uh, hard to, app or game experience.
2: Wow, because yeah, I imagine like that's not something that it's easy to promote to kids too. To be like, go in and brush your teeth, and they're probably just like hating it, right? So having some gamifying it in any fashion is gonna promote any healthy lifestyle. Thing, just like it did with the walking with Pokemon Go mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool I uh, I should try that out because I'm always up for collecting more Pokemon it's like every <laughs> game that comes out Oh, awesome Catherine how's your week been what have you been up to
1: yo um, I saw people oh yeah yeah no, nice. It's it's been weird getting back into the swing of things but mm-hmm. we had our yearly assembly and barbecue At UB Montreal. um, And I saw people that I haven't seen in person in like almost three years. Wild. Um, It was wonderful because a lot of people that I work with, I hadn't seen in person because of work from home and the pandemic. And even with like our new hybrid work uh, thing, sometimes like if our days don't match, we don't see each other. So it was nice to have all all of as much of For Honor in one area (laughs) At once was really nice, but also just seeing my old colleagues from Ubisoft Canada, it was so nice um, I came home very tired mm-hmm. with a very sore throat from yelling and talking and just running to people um and also <laughs> bless her heart um we did uh the, the thing is an annual assembly, so there's a lot of like NDA stuff but they're basically talking about the year we have the weird the year we're gonna have and um I I kind of like was a, a stand-in for what we did for the for honor video oh, um, yeah. and you remember Kelsey yes um apparently she screamed on the top up top of her lungs when she saw me in the for honor video just like that's Kathy. because <laughs> <laughs> somebody came to me and was like I heard screaming when you're on screen <laughs> on screen and I was like uh, Kelsey admitted it was her
2: <laughs> that's funny just like ah embarrassing oh. you in the middle of a big event <laughs>
1: uh, i was like honestly like as soon as for honor was on the screen like we were like we had like those blow up things that you hit together like they have at events oh it's soccer
2: games and stuff those things yeah, yeah that the clappers yeah, yeah the
1: clappers like as soon as for honor was on the screen like we were loud like yeah. people from assassin's creed were like tap 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 people for far cry were like tap tap, tap. for honor were like Wah! <laughs> it's just like people are like who are these people and why do they make a violent game but they're so stupid uh, we're like yeah we're quirky that's who we are and then on sunday i went to a small local uh game dev meetup organized by uh massau nice. uh mega massau on twitter um he organizes these about once a month uh, for a lot of like game devs that like move to montreal and because of the pandemic, never really got to meet people. Um, also, a lot of people work in indie with small teams or our consultants or our um, freelancers. So they're kind of like alone in their corner. So that's so people can network. Uh, so I help him with that server, that Discord server and these events once in a while. Nice. Uh, so we got one in on a day that wasn't raining, thank God. Um, and before we get the double holiday weekend here in Montreal for saint jean baptiste and then for Canada Day for the rest of Canada, moving day for Montreal. That's true. Um, So yeah no it's been really good, really tiring. I'm happy we have a four-day week this week. I have a pretty quiet week at work. I'm gonna knock on wood, make sure I don't get assigned any big bugs but so far like it's been kind of chill now that we've got our big project done and I'm haven't kickstarted the bigger one yet and you know people going on vacation and things so Mm -hmm. just wrapping up some stuff writing some documentations just vibing vibing and by myself right now um feels good but yeah it was a very busy weekend and i was very tired today and i was very happy to be at home today yeah
2: yeah the the hybrid thing I'm glad that I picked Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday to be my days to go in the office. Because like, yeah, it's just uh, having that Friday and that Monday thing to just like chill and get your get things back moving again is great. Um, I've been on a mini staycation this past mm-hmm. few days. I had Thursday, Friday, and today off. So this is kind of the the close of that. Finally got to get back into some gaming um, between all the like different events that were happening and stuff between, I don't know if the same thing for you, Janet, but like everything's starting to pick up again. Um, I went to the Xbox um, event that was here uh, that they had for FanFest, um, which was cool, and there was Canadian Music Week, and I had meetings, and all this kind of stuff, so it was just chaos for, for a little while, and so I took some time off, finally got to play some games, and I went and saw Top Gun Maverick.
0: Nice. Have you seen it yet? Not yet. Yeah, I just saw it uh, yesterday. Oh,
2: what'd you think?
0: I liked it. I liked it a lot. I didn't watch the first one, um, so it did take a little while to, like, you know, you don't need to see the first one, but, like, there's a few little threads that you pick up on but yeah i I loved it i thought it was like classically action-packed and and heartfelt and even though you can kind of see how things will go like you're like oh it's probably gonna go this way it was still very like i think they did a good job like creating a lot of excitement and and fun and yeah i had a great time with it what about you
2: i enjoyed it did you see it on any of the fancy screens or anything like imax just regular. it was like
0: normal yeah even though and after we like finished like watching it my boyfriend's like yeah, it probably would have been good in IMAX. It's fine, but, you know.
2: We were, I was told by someone to go see it in IMAX. It just, I think I just waited too long because now it's Jurassic yeah. Park and something else that's in there right now. Um, but I did get to see it in Screen X, which is that one with, like, the three screens where it's, like, Ooh. extended. That's wild. <laughs> so I don't, any, I don't know any, if we have that. Any of the... Action scenes or flying scenes. Anything that was intimate, personal conversations was kind of just regulated to the main screen. But any time it, like, opened up and they were flying and whatever, and action and big moments, it was on all three. And it's an experience because, like, you're used to the theater being kind of dark. With three screens going and all those, like, you know, in the sky flying, it was
0: bright as day in there. I've never see like I had to google this I had never heard of this I didn't know this was a thing but now I kind of want to go there we have um there's like three not insanely far from I'm in LA there's like one over like out east there's one near Anaheim and then so they're kind of like a a bit of a go but yeah no Mm -hmm. I've never so did you like that experience do you think that's like A good way to watch movies or is it like a little too is that is that gonna be our three like the new 3d where like every movie was in 3d and then we're like let's stop doing this because the glasses are annoying to wear
2: i kind of knock it up to being an experience like having multiple monitors or a widescreen curved monitor playing a game because it like just i enjoyed it because it encompassed my entire peripheral vision. Of course I was like looking around cause I was like, how are they doing this? Because this other screens are done so well that it's not like a duplicate or whatever. It's an, they must've shot it super widescreen and then blurred out bits and pieces of that. Cause there were some moments where like, I was like, how are they doing this? And looking off to the side and noticing it is, it's a depth of p- field kind of perspective trick that they're playing on you. And it was really good to watch it that way. I don't know if every movie deserves it. I know Simon saw Batman the Batman that way, and he was like, "It was okay, but it wasn't every scene. This one, it enhanced all the flying, you know, dogfighting, all that those scenes and stuff. um So, yeah, I think this was a good movie to see it in, but I don't know if it worked for for everything, right? And I want to go to the movies and experience something crazy. I've got a super good TV out in my living room that I've been sitting in front of. That in most cases, that's how I prefer to watch a movie because mm-hmm. I have my own snacks, my own time. With any you know extra stuff I might want the bathroom and the dog and everything so it's just for that I I enjoy just being at home but if I want like a spectacle I usually end up going for like D box or IMAX or ScreenX or something like that huh so it's kind of nice though being back in the movies Catherine uh, did you have any uh any desire to go see Top Gun
1: nah nah no, not I, your thing I'm, I'm not I'm not yet uh, back into like going to the theater we went to see dune um with simon uh, oh right uh, back when the movie theaters reopened still had to wear masks and stuff um, and I was just angry that there were no subtitles so I never went back to the movie theater
2: <laughs> I love the subtitles I have them on all the time <laughs> games TV movies doesn't matter
1: <laughs> oh, I'm watching right now I'm watching Stranger Things the latest season with uh, with Pascal my spouse and mm-hmm. usually like he hates the subtitles but I always turn them on when I watch Netflix and I've been watching other things and I think he kind of gave up like trying to deactivate them when we watch something together so now I think he's just like living with it yeah that's
0: how it, that's the secret like that's how you convert people because I was a not subtitle person for the longest time and then um when my brother's girlfriend which is now his wife like so ah, fancy you, you know, can see you know that like now. <laughs> yeah it's like oh like so much like more elevated um but back when she first moved in with us she was the subtitle person so we just like watched it with the subtitles because it's like well one way, is like lightly annoying to us, but the other way, it's like you don't understand what they're talking about. So it's like, sure, we'll put on the subtitles; it's fine. And now I just got, you know, I got used to it after a while. And now it's, I, I don't watch anything without subtitles. Like the movies is the only time that I'm having a subtitleless experience.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, yeah. To, it's to the point where there's like so much noise around all the time. Like you know, like I used to have to like if if my spouse was making a smoothie. Um, I'd have to pause and wait for the grinder. Now it's just like, I don't give a shit. I just read for the 30 yeah. seconds that the blender is on. And like, right now it's summer. So I have windows open. And like every, I live between a hospital and a fire station. So every five minutes, there's like some kind of sirens going by my apartment so you're like in the heart of the emergencies (laughs) i i mean it's not hard like there's there's a hospital or fire station every three street corners in montreal so like it's it's true (laughs) i live in the very dense area of montreal so there's always like traffic sounds outside so if i want to have some outside air i gotta have the outside noise so it's either i have subtitles or i have headphones Mm -hmm. but i don't have speakers on my computer so i spend the whole day on With headphones, so when I use the TV, whether I'm playing games or watching stuff, instead of, like, blasting the sound or getting annoyed every time, like, there's something that prevents me from hearing, I just turn on subtitles. Yeah. yeah it's
2: just... I find it hard to maybe it's because so many different accents and languages and things like that. I find it hard sometimes and picking up character names. I don't know why I never catch character names. It happens in games. It happens in, like I love when they have the character name written on screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I turn that that accessibility option on in most games if they offer it to have like speaker names because yeah. I am the worst though. I will remember a face but a name forget it
1: i don't i can't remember my age like the other day i asked uh pascal why he had made his character in mlb the show with 16 on the back he's like well you know my birthday and i was like yeah i remember that <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Totally not yeah, remember your you birthday totally we, remembered. i'm talking about he's like how old are you i'm like i'm i'm how old do you think i (laughs) turn that on him yeah i mean names names and numbers and dates i'm the same i'm the same and like right now i'm watch i'm playing disco elysium and it's a lot of people and a lot of concepts and a lot of historical dates and i'm just like (laughs) let's
2: get into games then what everybody's been playing janet what are you playing right now
0: i had to look because i'm like what am i playing um which is a also a clear sign that you're playing also like everything and nothing all at once um, I'm playing a lot of Fortnite honestly um, I looked at my PlayStation clock which granted the PlayStation the PS5 does not know how to tell time the PS5 mm. is like this three hours it was 30 hours to me and I'm like that's not how the time works but it says I have like 15 hours I don't know if that's true um, but I've been playing a bunch of Fortnite with the new season and I finally like I bought V-Bucks for the first time and I think I got the, what the I forgot what the pass is called it's called like oh god the crew um i got that because i wanted to get like um a skin that like all of my friends on discord had i was like oh my friends have this skin i'm gonna be left out you know um so i i've been heavy into that it's been super fun um and then for campaign stuff i'm still working through uh yakuza like a dragon it's my first time in the um series and i like it quite a bit it's pretty fun it's got some it's really goofy, but it's also like talking about real issues from time to time, which is an interesting mix. Um, and I think it has like a lot of like cool things to do in terms of the mini games. Like I unlocked the um, kind of school one they have, and it's like real questions, and like they don't prep you for it. They're just like, "Why is it called the marathon? What like what's based on what battle? What's the name of the battle?" I'm like, "I don't know. I just pick a letter, and then we see what happens." Um, so that's been super fun. And then I started Neon White as well, and I really like. The action of that game a lot, so I hope to see it through. Um, but it's taken longer than I'd like because I am really into it. So I want to like beat all my friends. playing on Switch mm-hmm. and it has your friend stats on there. Yeah. And I'm like obsessed with like trying to beat the ones I feel like I can beat. Like obviously I'm sure I'm gonna run into people that are like pro-level speed running the game or whatever. But yeah, those are sort of the the three I currently have um mainly in rotation. We'll see when the other ones creep back in there but yeah that's what i'm playing right now
2: it sounds like the mechanics of that game got you because it really feels like that game is supposed to be teaching oh, you to yeah. speed run essentially yeah yeah
0: it's so fun and like you know i'm definitely not like a speedrunner by trade in any way like that's just not how i play but it's just it's got such a a zip to it but and i'm not like a, uh, i don't get nauseous playing games so i can't comment on like how it is for people that tend to get nauseous but i will say it even though it's a fast game it's not like insanely fast all the time like I think it's a lot slower in its movement than Ghost Runner is which is or at least it like plays with speed a little bit more which is nice because Ghost Runner was also fun but quite a lot um, in just like how zippy it was but yeah Neon White The from the first level I'm like I want to do this Again and again and again, I love those quick, like thirty second, one minute experiences because you can just you can fail and keep trying, and it it's so easy to not get frustrated because of how it's constructed. And I think it's just super fun.
2: And performance on Switch is pretty good.
0: Yeah, I did. I don't like notice or feel like I'm playing on Switch. I'm sure it probably does look better on PC because pretty much. PC outpowers, anything, right? But yeah. yeah, I think on Switch, it's totally fine. I definitely recommend getting it on there if you like playing on Switch. And I really love having my friends list on there. I'm sure I could get the same thing on Steam to a degree because I have mm-hmm. some friends on Steam, but I have a lot of friends on Switch, so I, I'm really glad that I have it on there for that reason.
2: Nice, nice. Um, I saw, too, that you were doing a bit of a styling overhaul of your PS5. Yeah, the PS5 so, makeover. Yeah, so... You did the covers and you changed your controller, you went for the pink color. Mm-hmm. And then you did the hard drive. Now you put in the inter- a new internal hard drive, was that mm-hmm. it? Yeah. What was that process like? Was it easy?
0: It was easy, but you really 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 need to make sure that you have the Phillips like what it's not 1 inch cuz the one should be huge, but like the one like Google like what which screwdriver you need and make sure you have the right size. They're very very tiny. And I thought I had like we have a lot of tools in my apartment, so I did not mm-hmm. even think to check that. I like that I had what I needed. Um, but when it came to taking off that final screw, like it was just too small. And it, um, God, what's the word for it? Um, is it slant? I don't know. I forgot what the word for it is. But Strips? when you can, um, yes, you can strip it very easily. Oh, okay. And I was, I did start stripping it a little bit, um, which is why like, I'm like, I'm going to stop, go to Home Depot, whatever. Um, but after, other than that issue, so as long as you make sure you have the right size screwdriver, it's very simple. Um, even popping the, the face plates off is also very simple, um, which I was always really afraid to do that. When they like talked about it, they're like, "You can take the plates off." I'm like, "I'm not gonna take these plates off," but they pop off really, really simple. And there's like a lot of great tutorials online that show you how to do it. But yeah, it's basically just unscrewing something. You drop it in there, it clicks in, and then you re screw it. It's like super easy. And then boom, it's good to go. It formatted like instantly, and now I have like all this space. And I'm free now to live my new life. And I'm very excited to live that life.
2: Yeah, that digital lifestyle, you do need the hard drive space. I'm constantly running into that problem where I hit a wall being like, eh, can't download that, delete something else. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I've even it had it so where long. they're
0: like, I can't take this screenshot because you don't have the memory for the yes, screenshot. Yes, like, on my Xbox, oh, man. yes.
2: Oh, yep. Brutal, brutal. And I'm just like, why? Why not? But why is it that it feels so weird because i i had been given one of the faceplates um kits from playstation canada and i sent it off to simon because i bought the all digital one so mm-hmm. and it gave me the one with the disc plate so i like got sure. one side on and then went to put the other side on she didn't match <laughs> so it just felt weird to go through the process and be like, really? I have to pull this? I feel like it doesn't want to pull. like, But they do. They come off. They're designed to do that. But just the thoughts of going through and like replacing the hard drive in my console, especially a console that's kind of hard to come by still, mm-hmm. um, just gives me anxiety
0: (laughs) yeah well you're really just expanding it I was nervous I actually if I'm being fully transparent I did have my boyfriend come in and help me at the end but not because of putting it in putting it in was really easy it was just a screw because like I said I had stripped part of it a little and I'm like I just really don't want to make this worse than it already is um but no it's like it's super simple because you're just expanding like the storage so it's like there's like a little space already made for it and you just stick it in almost like a USB, like how you stick in a USB. It's like a little bit different in in the feel when you pop it in, but it's ultimately pretty similar. And then you just re-screw it. It was very, very easy. It didn't feel nearly as overwhelming as I thought it would. Like when they first kind of showed off, like it's fine, you take off the plates and you can do the storage thing. I'm like, this looks too much like what PC is. And I don't go in there either because I don't want to touch anything. Um, But yeah, it was super, super simple. Uh, I definitely encourage anyone that is at all interested in doing that to not be, you know, uh, too afraid at the, the technical aspect because it's pretty straightforward.
2: Did you, so it was like one hard drive swap for the other? Or
0: was no, it you expansion? just stick it in there. It's just an, it's just an expansion, heat. yeah. It's
2: just an expansion and then it formats it and does it all for you and you're good mm-hmm. to go. Yep. Okay. That's, that's awesome. So how much space do you have now?
0: I have, um, well, counting the internal storage, I have over two terabytes because I got a two terabyte. Woo. Um. It's not an external because it's internal, but yeah
2: yeah oh that that sounds awesome because yeah that would be a lot of nice extra space Uh, i don't know how full it is
0: now but i went into my collection and i just like went in on it like i didn't literally redownload everything because there's some games that like i know i'm not gonna like play again or something like uh god what's that like or like ghost of like i didn't do the finish the dlc but it's like it's fine i beat the main campaign I'm not. I don't have a current desire to go back and like Platinum or anything. So I left those games like that alone. But like everything else, I'm like, if I feel like I might one day want to play this it's going to be ready. Like I downloaded stuff that I'm like, there's no way I'm playing this even this year. I don't know. I just want to have it. I have GTA 5s on there. Tales of Arise. Like never play a Tales game. Just why not? Let's Persona 5 Royale. Like I just yes. put in, I'm like, how <laughs> much stuff can I fit in here? I was like book snacks. I'm like, I kind of want the platinum. Now I have the option to get it whenever I want. You know, like it's and I don't know how like I said how full up it is, but it didn't tell me anything. It let me download everything. So, we'll see, but I'm I'm very excited to no longer have to constantly managing you know people will say like what's the big deal just delete what you're not playing but some games are just really really big so then it becomes like i can almost only have one game like when i was like playing you know i I played daylight 2 and horizon like at the same time and like that was like my entire storage or like i Mm play fifa and that game is super big so it's like you know there are some games that just automatically take up like dozens of gigabytes um so and playstation is my main console I feel like whatever one that you lean on for most of your games is going to be the one that's going to fill up like insanely quickly.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, even though like I'm for the most part living this digital lifestyle where I'm just like, oh, I'll download it again, blah, 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 blah. There are every time I go in and have to clean out, I'm I'm always like, what if it's that time that this game is not going to be available again? Like I still have my PS4 with PT on it. That thing is gonna stay the way it is. That's it, you know, because God only knows. Never get a chance again. So, so yeah, I'm a, I having more hard drive space it is definitely gonna be a boon for you. I'm gonna look into that too because yeah, it's just getting monstrous. Even going between the Series X and the PlayStation Five, there's just there's just the games are huge. So mm-hmm. there's no space anymore. Oh man, uh, Catherine. You said you were playing Disco Elysium. How's
1: that going? I I that I knew I signed up for an experience. Um, but yeah, mom, come pick me up. I'm not having fun anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a really good game, but it's like some of the conversations, like you end up getting roped into political conversations and like about like supremacist race te- theories and um economic and sociopolitical stuff and you kind of like have to pick sides and things like that or you can decide to not pick a side and just be like, whoa, what the fuck? Um And that like taints the rest of the inv- investigation and you can descend into like madness and whatnot. Like I had a long ass conversation with a supremacist to only at the end be like, Alright, so you're saying like you're part of this race, yes. But it's like you you know how like the Nazis had like a a very specific image of what the best white person looks like. Like the ideal. The ideal. And yeah. none and Hitler ticked none of those boxes. Um it's the same thing. Like this guy doesn't have like he's like doesn't have the jawline that he says that they have or things like that so you, you if you get in that conversation after that you can just point out all the flaws um but then like if you don't kind of like agree with them, you can't move on to the next stage because he's blocked let's say he's blocking your path to get somewhere and i'm just like you know what i'll s- circle back to you i'm gonna find somebody else to talk to that's not shit insane Um, and then you walk around and then you talk to somebody else and you're like you're batshit insane I'm batshit insane is she batshit insane and and now I'm just like alright alright I'm just gonna ride that wave I'm gonna find the person that I feel is the less crazy and possibly try to have to subscribe to what they're saying or they're thinking so that I can move on because I feel like if you don't if you opt out of every thought that you have, because one of the mechanics in the game is you'll have intrusive thoughts and okay. you can brush them off or you can continue them. And then you have a mechanic where you can just kind of like m- muster on that thought and then it becomes something and it unlocks other stuff. And But like, if you opt out of everything, like I feel like you're just not going to play the game. So, hmm. um, So I had a taste of that. I like... Had a long conversation with the with the the evil racist man. And then I had a long conversation with a uh, woman who benefited from the revolution. And now who has a lot of money um, and a lot of privilege. Recognizes that position, but she's like, what am I going to do? Not have it? Have all this money and this privilege? Fuck you. And I'm just like, wow, okay. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. Um and it's like, it's, and I feel like I've just touched the tip of the iceberg of what's happening in this game. And you're like, at one point, like, you, one of the witnesses of the murder is just some kid who's clearly, clearly high as shit. And just like, high because he's burying so much trauma. And I'm just like, wow, okay. Um, hence why I said that I took a break while I was having a very intense stretch at work where I was doing a lot of debugging and technical work. Yeah. Um at night I was just like you know, like I opened the game, saw like where I was left in a conversation about like what is reality. Let's like have this conversation about reality and 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 time and things, and I was just like, I'm gonna go on TikTok and look for huskies having a tantrum. Thanks. (laughs) um but yeah but last night i picked it up again and i was like all right let's go let's
2: did you know it was going to be that going into it yes okay i
1: it's just i can tell you disco elysium is a mindfuck but you don't know what kind of mindfuck it is until you experience it for yourself Okay, and I'm starting to understand why it is Pascal's favorite game. Um, you know, Mister, I did a PhD in philosophy. Yeah, on Nietzsche. Um, <laughs> all uh, if I get this number right, I'm still I'm going to get a DM again. Four okay. hundred ish pages of it. <laughs> I know. I think Simon last time, Simon and I said two hundred, and we both got a spicy DM. Uh, Correcting us on the amount of pages. Uh, But, uh, yeah. No, it's like, honestly, like, the realization of this game from the art to the story. And now that they've added the voiceovers, like, the voice actors and the voiceovers are really good. Like, if you've played this game back when it was just, like, text and you were just reading, I highly recommend trying it with the voiceover, the director's edition with the voiceovers, like the casting is marvelous my only complaint is that it's definitely a point and click adventure game and I'm struggling with the controls on
2: Xbox oh, Oh, okay at one point
1: it's like I I use the stick to highlight somebody and I pressed A and like my character, like, auto-pathed up a flight of stairs and then talked to that person. And then I went up and I was like, I was blocked and I was like, hey, I'm going to go back. And, like, next to that s- path of, like, I couldn't get my character to go back down the stairs because of the isometric view. Oh. And I feel like, I don't know if somebody maybe, like, is listening to this and is like, you can find a way to click. But, like, I feel like if I was on the computer, I could just click... Somewhere downstairs, and the character with Autopath, but like because I was trying to move him, move my stupid drunk cop with the uh, with the analog stick, I couldn't get yeah. the angle right, and I got stuck in that staircase. I kid you not, for almost a whole minute.
2: Sometimes in point and click adventures, if you click in on one of the analog sticks, your mouse cursor pops up. Like on Stardew that. Valley, does that.
1: I should have uh, I should have thried that instead of like slowly surely yeah. seething and wondering if the <laughs> game is actually making me in per in real life batshit crazy.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's just what's happening.
1: Maybe it is. I mean, my grasp on reality is already very loose to
0: begin
2: with, <laughs> I feel. Janet, did you play Disco Elysium?
0: No, not yet. I really want to cuz it's um I love story games and mm it's very much a story game and I think the fact that it has voice acting is like a huge win because I I love story but I don't necessarily love a lot of reading in games it just becomes a lot to like process so the voice acting is like always oh, fantastic which is is really difficult to come by too because it's just so expensive to get yeah. voice actors that it's mm-hmm. like people always ask why aren't these things voice acted I'm like they probably didn't have the budget to get get it done Um, so for them to get to find success and do the final cut with the voice acting. is super cool, among the other additions. Um, But I also have it on console. Um, I do have it already, like, ready to go. I'm actually just, I forgot to download it. I'm going to, it's on the the massive storage on the PS5, I'm going to download it. But I don't know when I'll get to it, and I definitely am afraid of having that same experience. Yeah, with the point and click on console. It's always so rough, but um, I don't know. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um, But yeah, it is challenging. It's a hard genre to do super effectively mechanically on console just kind of inherently
1: what all you have to do is kind of like and I'm, I'm getting used to it now is to just like move your left stick about and just kind of like see what gets highlighted right and rotate through that it's just like because you have your partner following you and there's like always like recurring conversation that you can have uh with with kim i think his name is i'm terrible with names it shows right um played like a few hours of this game already forgot his name um and uh so sometimes he'll get in the way and i'm like no i want to highlight there was a car that i could see and like because one of the big thing and like i did a build where it's more atent- intelligence based and you have a mechanic called Encyclop encyclopedia um and basically when you highlight something they'll tell you like oh look it's a make of this car and then like at one point you'll have something above your head and a little pulsing dot and you have to use your highlight to like to go to that and press a and the color of the pulsing dot will tell you which part of which aspect of your personality of your psyche is trying to go through and like because I have this knowledge like a lot of stuff I interact with at one point the encyclopedia is going to be like you know this like this car was made in powder blue why is it why is it brown and then kind of like and it can pop more conversations to have you can like push the thought away or you can entertain the thought and then you can talk to Kim about it be like don't you think it's weird that this car was supposed to be blue but it's brown and then you find out that it's the car of this character that like is part of like whatever political uh unrest is happening in the city and blah 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 and it's just like it unlocks so many things so like you want to highlight and see the secrets because like you're investigating mm-hmm. so uh, it's just you just end up just kind of like cycling through things to, just to get all the information so mm. it's not a terrible experience like it's not unplayable right it's just like I had to remind myself that this is not like your classic RPG where I would go around and just kind of like, you know, walk in every corner. Just like in Final Fantasy, like you see an, an empty hallway, you have to walk to the end to see if like a a hidden like Phoenix Down was there or something. Um, You just kind of like you can sit more or less in the middle of your screen and just kind of like cycle through what's around you instead of really like pathing everywhere. The pathing mm-hmm. is what's hard. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and you and coming it. from a ux background too i bet you look at that and you're just like this is frustrating
1: <laughs> it is there they made some interesting ui choices that i'm not sure works but it works for them yeah and like everything in games you kind of get used to a certain amount of bullshit. In UI and UX, because a lot of UI and UX is an afterthought, but also because consoles are hard. Yeah. Um, when you do a multi-platform game, it is so freaking hard. So, and I realized this was a PC first game, mm. and the UI feels PC first, right? But not in a way that's like trying to port a to like a. A dual screen, like, the DS games.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Like,
1: I know, like, this would be, like, a, a fucking shit show. But it's just, like... You, you can tell when a game's a PC game first or a console game first. Uh, mm-hmm. You do this long enough or you play games long enough, you realize that, like... Oh, yeah. We were the... This'll get ported to console if we have time. Like, very few... Very few smaller games have that thought of going in knowing that there will be everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of like make those decisions.
2: Yeah. Cause I know that one of the best games that went from PC, which fantastic controls to console with fantastic controls was Diablo three. So that's why I'm pretty excited about Diablo four. Cause I remember that being yeah. so good. Like I was surprised. I was like, wow, I actually like playing this with a controller better. Um, well,
1: yeah. Again, big si- game too though. Size of team. Exactly. Fucking matters. Yes. And I think, if I remember correctly, Activision Blizzard, like Blizzard's mostly known for PC game, but I feel like yeah. probably the Activision side, like with Call of Duty and whatnot, they they had to the know-how mm-hmm. for consoles and working with a controller. Like, and it's, I don't know, it's something I think about a lot just because of, like, my job, but also because I work on a fighting game and a fighting game means that even your PC player base will be playing with a controller, at least half of it will be playing with a controller or they'll sometimes play with a controller and drop the controller and jump on the keyboard and use their mouse, like maybe outside of matchmaking or outside of like actual combat. Okay. So that's like, I work on something that has to be like flawless with both, uh, probably even controller first. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why like when I played something like Disco Elysium and kind of like, pops up and I need I can't turn my brain off completely my work brain completely no, off sometimes part of it. Yeah. I mean sometimes podcast playing a game and I'm just like send me a screenshot of that he's like why I'm like I need I was looking for an example I have to show my UX girl at work this because we were looking for a solution and this game has it and he's like please stop I'm like just take a screenshot and DM it to me <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully you have space Uh,
2: I'm back still Minecraft, my goodness, 1.19, I found myself a mangrove swamp. I'm gonna be making some bricks and building some stuff. I really am just still in the bare bones of my little world. Um, I'm working on Tower. Nothing nothing too crazy quite yet. But one of the things that I did get to poke around with Fairmount fair amount over the course of the weekend was the PlayStation Plus Premium subscription. Thanks very much to uh, PlayStation Canada for the hookup there. And uh, Janet, I know you have been tinkering with it as well. Um, I managed to... The two things that I started with... Well, first off... The first thing I want to give PlayStation the kudos of is the actual UI after I did the update and I was going in and exploring and looking to see what was in the collections and all the kind of stuff. I gotta say, I think their UI is better than the Xbox one. mostly because of the categorization of games. I found that that, that was much easier to do uh, when it came to filtering to saying, like I went through and like did each individual filter to kind of see what games were there. Um, and some were categorized in ways that I hadn't anticipated them being categorized, which I thought was really cool. Cause you know, I like the simulation and, and RPG and, and you know, puzzle more, ha- you know, comfort. They even They even like some of the categories were very different that they had in there that I hadn't seen um, unless on steam, I'd seen categories like that, but I hadn't like the, 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 the co-op couch co-op. They had a, they had a, a family one. And yeah, I just, I, I, I felt like there was more ways for me to search through the catalog available on the PlayStation side than I've seen in Game Pass. Not to say that I haven't like scrolled through everything in Game Pass many, many times, but yeah, I did think that that was helpful. And then how, when you're presented with the screen too, you have each of the options. I'd be curious to see what that looks like, depending on the different level of PlayStation Plus subscription you have, because obviously it's not the same thing for everybody, but with Everything, all the bells and whistles. It was really, really um, easy to navigate, easy to look through and explore. And I just went through category by category. What was in each collection, what was in the time demos, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I ended up downloading uh, Witchwood, which I had not played before. I know last time Naomi was on the show, she was raving about that game. So I wanted to give that a try. And then uh, to appease my husband, uh, I downloaded the Hot Wheels Unleashed Time demo, which is a hell of a lot of fun (laughs) and looks really good so uh both games so far i'm having a lot of fun with i also uh downloaded slime rancher again maybe i'll just platinum that again but on playstation instead of getting the all the achievements on xbox in preparation for slime rancher 2 near the end of the year uh but yeah i downloaded a whole bunch of different stuff but uh janet did you what was your time like so far with uh the playstation plus premium and uh did you end up downloading and playing anything
0: yeah, um, I also have PlayStation Plus Premium from PlayStation as well. Um, so shout to them for that. And um, yeah, I dug into a couple things. It's been interesting looking at it, like and trying to also think of it as like a service and like how good is it, what it intends to do. Um, the streaming, I feel like, was I did have a better experience streaming at this time than I did when I tried PS Now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that necessarily means that they like. Oh, they tweak something on their end or if it's just kind of luck of the draw? Um, definitely some lag on some games. Like Puppeteer still doesn't run as good as I'd want it to, but like Runner 3 ran really well. Um, I even got the Devil May Cry collection to run pretty well as um, as well. So I thought the streaming was, was really solid. I, it probably wouldn't be if I was also streaming the, on like Twitch or something, which I did the first time as well. Um, but I also hit up some of the, just the older games because I'm trying to think of, okay, what are some things that we could dip back into that might be interesting so I, I downloaded ape escape um i downloaded dark cloud because um blessing at jr over at PSI love you who i work with loves Dark cloud that's like one of his favorite games ever and that was a game that i actually had when i was a kid but i got stuck extremely early on like the first gameplay thing you're like in the village and i like didn't know where to go or how to get out and i was like alright, well, I just won't play, because I got the game randomly, like, my mom gave it to me, like, on a whim, I didn't know what it was, so I'm like, guess we can't finish it, and that was my experience, so, and I got to that part again, and I also lightly got stuck again, and it's because, it's because this game specifically, and a couple games of this era do this, um, I forgot this was a thing, or maybe it was more of a PlayStation thing, where they don't give you button prompts if you can do an action sometimes, like, you can walk up to a door, and if you hit X, the door opens, but there is no x that appears on the screen when you're by the door that you can't open um which I like forgot that it's it's been interesting going into old things cuz like you see how much like design has changed or how much additional um assists for players are now available versus like back in the day it just wasn't designed the same um mm-hmm. but I got past that and I kept playing and I, it's been it's been fun of like that one quite a bit um it definitely you can tell it's older but it i think it does some fun things um i downloaded syphon filter as well and then remembered that i didn't play shooters as a kid and i'm like this is really hard to do because it's older and i like can't aim anything um and then i hit up a couple just like random things here and there like i downloaded a bunch of um modern games as well or at least like more modern games like i played echo chrome which is like this really trippy puzzle perspective game that's like weirdly really hard but also really cool and has like a really beautiful soundtrack so i've just kind of been been dabbling um and eventually i want to do a compare and contrast of like there are a lot of fun games on there but like it's interesting cuz i'm like well this is on game pass or it came to game pass before or it's not and i'm like mm-hmm. i wonder if game pass will get this later so it's interesting as like a a comparison product but i think like on its own you know, if you especially if you don't have Game Pass, there's um a really strong library, I think, of stuff like like Slime Rancher and all that that you've mentioned. Um, that's there. So I, I'm pretty I think it's a it's a solid start. Definitely wanna see it, it grow and expand, but I feel like there's a a lot to play if you're um digging into the service right now.
2: Yeah, and I think that comparison uh will be helpful because I know like There's lots of games. The question is, are there games that I'm interested in? And if I had to put Mm -hmm. both of them next to each other, which has the most games that I'm my style of gaming? And that's going to be different for everybody, right? Right. But I'm pretty stoked that uh, Stray is going to be coming to that next month. uh, Yeah. Right away. So, and I know Kat's interested in that, though. Might have to hold out a little bit since you don't have your PS5 yet.
1: (laughs) I mean, I can grab it on PC.
2: Oh, that's true. It's right. It's going to be there, too. All right. Let's talk news. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Time to talk about a few news stories of the week. Nothing too much, you know, only finally hearing about Final Fantasy VII Part Two, Right, Kat?
1: Yes. It's called Final Fantasy VII Rebake Part Two Rebirth. And it is coming next winter. Um, if y'all don't want to get spoiled on the story... Stop here, um, because from what I can tell from the trailer, we get to the part where Cloud has a bit of a flashback, and we meet Zack, and we meet Sephiroth before he becomes like the one-winged angel, and he's just like chilling with Cloud and Zack. Um, and I'm not sure where, because I know the first stops is just the big part in within Midgar. And I, this one will start with that flashback, or it'll be. But I don't know where, where it's gonna stop. Mm. Honestly, um, it feels like Dix two ish for everybody else like me that played on PS one. Um, but yeah, that was revealed like last week. Like I, I feel like. It was revealed on June 16th. I feel like yeah. it missed all the conferences. And they were just yeah. like, oh, yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Rebirth, coming they next had, winter.
2: They had their own conference. But, yeah, I feel like I didn't hear about it. Now, mind you, this might be me because I was in full, like, sleep vacation mode. And maybe that's where I kind of, like, fell off from it. Janet, did you guys end up covering this for uh, for PS I Love You?
0: yeah oh yeah we did i'm trying to think of what order all the content comes out weird so i'm like did we talk about it on this episode i think we if if it happened before we recorded, then definitely and it was definitely a games daily for i think wednesday so i think it was wednesday thursday yeah so we covered it um but i definitely agree where it felt weird to have all this big news outside of like the core summer game fest i know like Jeff is definitely trying to couch like Summer Game Fest is like the entire season and the calendar goes pretty far if you look at the Summer Game Fest website. I don't remember if these are associated. I don't think they are. But it's it's definitely weird to have like a big announcement that feels like a little bit late. It's like, oh, this mm-hmm. would have been great for like when all of us were like really intensely covering it and obviously it's, it's still got plenty of coverage and excitement like that mm-hmm. and, and everything else that came out. But um, yeah, it did kind of land in a little bit of an awkward spot, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that it's it's coming out so soon because I definitely thought this was going to be like the next 30 years of our lives would be like slowly getting small but really big versions of Final Fantasy VII Remake until they either finished it or, or cancel it. And then we'd be like, when are they going to finish it or something. But so the, the thought of it having this much smoother kind of cadence um, surprised me based on how they just talked about the project when they first announced it.
2: Yeah, I don't... Rem- I'm trying to remember now. Had they announced there was going to be three parts, or was that even up in the air until last week? We that
1: was have, up in the air. No, yeah, we have no idea how how they're going to slice and dice yeah. it. Yeah, craziness. Like craziness. we 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 speculated. Yeah. Around three or four games, if they followed like the the story, the, like the story beats of each disc. Yeah. Back when it was like on, I don't think they were even DVDs for the PlayStation One. I think they were still like those black cds like or the purple cds yeah yeah and it yeah. was like the game was like separated in multiple discs because it wouldn't fit on there and yeah. they kind of like used like every disc i remember ended on a cliffhanger yeah so it would make sense if they're like more or less following the story of final fantasy 7 yeah to maybe follow those cliffhangers because right now they have no they have no size requirement because everything's a fucking download um anyway yeah. Um, other than their own production deadlines, I guess.
2: Yeah, and I guess my my assumption too is because they've already got the first game out and they're probably just running with that engine the assets and everything. They're just like, okay, these are faster to pump out now. So now that they have one out, they know the scope, they can honestly say, we are 90% sure that we can get, deliver you one next year and then one so far after that and 2024 um, because it's kind of a known quantity of what the pieces is that they're working with. Unlike when they're starting it from scratch and they, you know, had to build everything from the ground up.
1: At this point, they can kind of like treat it like a DLC. almost. Or like, I mean, I'm not saying they can't iterate on it, but it, they have their pipeline, they have their engine, they have their Mm -hmm. everything, but it's still, I think it's still going to be a monumental task, just creating all those environments and all those levels, and mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of voice acting and True. motion capture. It is, it is a big undertaking to take a PS one game that basically was just text on a screen, um, and it was like isometric and just kind of like you could like taking that and like porting it to current gen. Just in general, like it's a fe- it's a lot of content. And it's a lot like uh, hats to them for like pulling it off. I, I'm i still waiting for everything to be out and I can get a nice bundle.
2: Yeah. For pretty cheap. Yeah. Janet, did you play the original?
0: No, no, did I didn't play, play the original. The,
2: did you play the remake? Mm hmm. Yeah. How Are yeah. you excited about what's coming up?
0: yes and no I think the combat is really fantastic in that game and I really like the systems I don't really care for the story and I also am very confused which apparently everyone kind of was I was like what's going on and everyone's like oh it's a little it's I don't know because it's like slightly different than than the original Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean I think I'll still enjoy it for the combat and everything and I might just kind of (laughs) mentally you know separate myself from the The narrative at all it just doesn't it just doesn't hit for me uh at this point maybe that'll change as as things go on and the story kind of evolves and the the stakes get higher um but i am looking forward to playing it and and seeing what ways if any they do like iterate on on the gameplay or, or sort of at least present it in like a new context and new scenarios with you know different enemies and tasks and things so yeah it'll be cool to check out
2: yeah, that had to be one of the hardest things to kind of navigate is how to slice and dice this up so that they could be, story-wise, as close as they could be the original, but still being able to be split up in three mm-hmm. three iterations.
1: I mean, the story in Final Fantasy VII is not the most straightforward thing at right. all. It's just like it unravels after the midway point. Mm-hmm. And even then, like if you were to like ask me today, like, can you explain Sephiroth to me? And I'm like, I'm not sure I can, because was one a point, YouTube game, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's what, what happened ha- here? I feel like Final Fantasy VII was made by people that watched and enjoyed Neon Genesis Evangelion way too fucking much. <laughs>
2: yeah, the last two episodes in that are just like a mind fuck. I-, I
1: feel like I feel like Final it final fantasy 7 came out after
2: i don't even remember
1: it's that very in that, that
2: i don't know when they came out because it was all just it was me was junior high it was just junior high <laughs>
1: late 90s shit was weird yeah
2: everything was um, all over the place
1: yes everybody was scared of y2k uh but yeah like even like don't feel bad if like a lot of people or yourself are like, I'm not sure I got this story. Like I remember playing Final Fantasy, I played, I finished Final Fantasy VII, the original, like at least twice over. Um, when I was a teenager and once, when I was a teenager, once again, when I was an adult and I played after being an adult and I was just like, yeah, still not sure what happened. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, out of Final Fantasy VII news, um, you know and it's great hearing the fact that you know games are coming out and people are putting release dates out there. Uh Cat, your next news story that you pulled was all around um the effects of the pandemic and things slowing down.
1: Yes, because gaming saw a big big boost. Because of the pandemic, because people staying home and not spending their money on movie tickets and concert and things like that. A lot of them just kind of like bought consoles and the new generation of consoles also came out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm pretty sure a lot of those Game Pass numbers came from not being able to leave your house. Uh, And it's been slowing down over the past of the past seven months. But essentially, as we are on the brink of a recession, they're expecting an even bigger deep. Uh, dip so uh that streak the streak of the pandemic was really uh has been like we've seen like a about a 16 percent decline this year in gaming revenue wow um and i think the u.s consumers group uh the ndp groups u.s consumer spending is uh the um what's the name is the index they're using okay it says that uh sales could go down 19 percent year over year uh for the years following the pandemic right now um it's not surprising because like the boost that we saw during the pandemic was like some games saw their player base up 15 20 percent overnight um, it's not all bad news. EA reported that Apex Legend, uh actually has stabilized. They had a big boost. It came down. But now it's like they're actually coming out uh, winners. A lot of people discovered that game during the pandemic. However, Call of Duty Mobile and Vanguard are not doing great. Um, but yeah, it's like... I think like what's really scary for and why uh, maybe a lot of games or we're not seeing a lot of games in 2022 and seeing a lot of big releases pushed to 2023 or 2024 is that because we're like coming out of this bubble. I think a lot of publishers are kind of want to like don't want to a cyberpunk 2077 their game and B, um, they don't want to come out in the height of a recession and not get those full price sales
2: yeah uh this these kinds of stories is why i really appreciate gamesindustry.biz and what they do because oftentimes we're just talking about you know the sales and the reviews and 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 the mechanics and that kind of stuff and this business side is what i nerd out over Mm -hmm. and the fact that you're seeing there's no way that they couldn't like have a a dip how big of that dip is going to be but there's no way because it was record-breaking and now everybody has so many other things that they can be doing and want to be doing because we've been deprived for so long that of course you know people are, are going to be spending less time playing games and there's not no consoles are getting a little bit more readily available now that especially the the current gen but like that was so hard to come by and people just want to be out and about and doing things and you know going to the movies instead of renting one on your console or doing something like that that you we had done for two and a half years so I think this is fascinating and also too I like reading this in context with what I do in in Mm -hmm. media and radio and seeing what's happening in my numbers and how things because it's all people's time that we're talking about right and how they're choosing to spend their time and you know it's you're we're definitely seeing a change like in some places like sports and stuff the pandemic was super hard but like news and talk radio super good (laughs) until everybody became uh, uh, apathetic to it all right so it's really interesting to see how everything is starting to pan out and what to expect and to be under like to be respectful of the fact that making games is hard everybody had to switch up what they did and the fact that we're seeing all these delays and stuff is is going to be expected and we're getting forewarning from from articles like this
1: but also like because of what's happening labor wise that too yes because like we had to adapt to work from home and things like that but now like you have companies that have that Thing down pat like the companies who are still insisting on us being there whether it's gaming or uh, like Tesla people <laughs> are bleeding talent so there's that problem as well um, there's a reason why there's a big move to union for unions and the video game industry and everything um, so there's that but there's also the fact that I think the long term for the health of gaming and I know some people disagree with that um is going to be things like PlayStation Plus and Game Pass because it's a guaranteed revenue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um especially for indie games, it's a great way for them to get that money to get published on a platform real quick. Mhm. And to have and that means that you get featured. You know, Game Pass they announce the games that they add every uh every month and things like that. Um and it's like Xbox is running a lot of their gaming business at a loss, ish, just so they could get content on Game Pass, right? Mm-hmm. So I think like if you're on your own on on the side, if you're looking at like the EAs and the Squares and the Embracer groups and the Ubisoft of this world, they're gonna negotiate. They're gonna maybe review their release calendar based on what they can put out, but also what type of game is it a free to play versus is it a triple a premium thing and like do we want to wait till we have more space for it when people could afford it or do we like instead maybe negotiate this deal for it to be like a a day pass a game pass day one sort of thing and then we get like this nice check there and we get a guaranteed player base Mm. um and things like that and it's i think the business the future of video games and of business like right now they just kind of like rode that bubble but now post pandemic they're gonna have to rethink their business not just because of like well because the world changed
2: yeah i like what you that idea that you brought up that i hadn't like it hadn't dawned on me before of that being another factor if, if going into should we release a game on such and such a date would be can people afford it if they're in a recession. And now it might for individual like one off games for some companies, but I can imagine someone like EA going and looking at it and they're like, well, are the people that are player base going to be able to afford getting both these games? Are we cannibalizing a game? by putting it out at the same time as something else and they have to split their time. Not that EA hasn't done that before, no. (laughs) but could a recession, the idea of that a recession is coming affect when they decide to release a game.
1: I, I think, I think so. I think because it means like you're, you have to think about your, your studio's overhead your studio's revenue sometimes putting out a game you have to to get some revenue in mm-hmm. however if you have a lot of passive revenue like an ea you have your life games that give you passive revenue ubisoft you have your life games that give you passive revenue like i work on well, i know like that for honor and rainbow six are like guaranteed money every month so if you're like working on let's say um on releasing like the next assassin's creed or if you're ea like you you release your sports games also like quarterly like so if you're working on the next um dragon age and you whip around at 2023 and like gas is still fucking expensive um people are refusing to commute because it, they can't afford it and things like that or they're making choice like changing their life choices because they have to pick between like playing a game and possibly getting food Maybe you're like, heh. maybe we can eat that loss for now and release later when we have a better window. Or like, you've had games that when Elden Ring came out, they were like, where did all our players go? There's also that factor. Because like, I, I saw it like for <laughs> a lot of games, like everybody was complaining that their live game was down. And it didn't matter if you were like Call of Duty, R6, um, Overwatch, For Honor, Fortnite, everybody was like, where did half our player base go on the day Elden Ring came out? <laughs> Sometimes you have those phenomenons that will affect your business. But, yeah. I mean, if you if you're a, a EA or Ubisoft and you have a large catalog and you have your Ubisoft Plus and EA Play, that guarantees you also a passive revenue and you have a large catalog that means that people buy your old games. Back catalog games is very important as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to rethink a lot of like the kind of releases we see in the next two to three years, um, just in just in general. And I mean, I'm sorry, like this is kind of funny, but it's like we all saw it coming with the crypto market crashing right now. Mm-hmm. At least we won't get flooded with shitty crypto and NFT games yeah and the recruiters can get out of my fucking dms on LinkedIn, and uh, and
2: they can get out of my email inbox about like play this cryptocurrency game and i'm like hell no pass (laughs) we're
1: looking for an experienced ui artist for a play to earn game and i'm like no thanks (laughs) absolutely not (laughs)
2: Janet, do you have any thoughts or or, uh, closing on this story closing comments
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, like, you guys bringing up the idea of us seeing this impact a few years down the line, because obviously, like, the development process is a long one. And I think a lot of times when things happen, like, you never know what exactly affected what or how things might have been different in different circumstances. You know, we certainly saw that with the pandemic. And I think talking about the idea of the future of gaming and monetization, the idea of, like, companies having these different kinds of products that they put out at different times is interesting in that you kind of see I think studios becoming like that multi-legged stool like that four or six-legged stool that you know I've been told to always do as like a freelancer of like you want these different revenue streams so if one thing drops out you still have a bit to go um and I can't help but think about like PlayStation's push towards wanting live service games it's like a big missing piece of their catalog and something they've very vocally been like we're working on this we're doing this or even something as small as like having PlayStation games available on PC at all. I mean, like, I think feel like a generation ago it would have seemed like completely unprecedented and even like, you know, everyone brought up Insomniac being like, oh, it's only a, the, you know, this is only a console game, which I'm sure contractually at the time that was true when they said it, obviously. Um, but yeah, things always change as the market changes and like everyone has their, you know, ethos or style until things shift and it becomes, uh, you know, acceptable or encouraged to do a certain thing. I mean, I think we've even seen that with like, you know, Xbox years ago with the always online and that pushback and now like people, we have, we launched with digital consoles this year, you know, there are people who don't even have a a disc drive to do physical. Um, So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things evolve and then, you know, will there be a pushback from that? Will at one point the big angle be not having, you know, those live service games and going back to more, you know, single player narrative experience. Um, But ultimately, like I think it's good to have a little bit of everything because, you know, like we've talked about different, players are attracted to different things like we all come to gaming for different reasons we all have different favorite games among the three of us despite all having kind of uh, a common knowledge base and like even probably plenty of overlap in taste so you really want to have something for everyone on on your platform or from your company so hopefully those projects that come out um end up being good ones and they're exciting even if they're you know not, not things are not always created in ideal circumstances but they can still be really cool and good products and and create innovation. So, uh, you know, hopefully we see that even as the economy may or may not crash from underneath us. So there you go.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that. thanks for that, Janet. Cause yeah, I do think that's a, a great analogy of all the different moving pieces that we have going on here with kind of where we are in this industry. And it is very much a living organism. Um, speaking of moving pieces, I have a fun story to kind of close out the show. Um, So found this on Kotaku, had to share because holy cow, some people are just mad talented and have the thought process to take something that's in a game and make it physical and it blows my mind. So there's a cosplayer named Allison Chase. She goes by allison.chase.cosplay on TikTok. And I highly suggest you go and Watch her tiktoks because it's absolutely phenomenal what she's been able to do she created almost i would call it life-size since she sits in it and it's huge so let's call it life-size breath of the wild guardian cosplay so yes those big animatronic looking like they're from carved out of something from back in the back in the day ready to laser you down
0: i can hear the song in my head and no thank you (laughs) it (laughs) plays it too the cosplay right doesn't it it's like all sound so they're inside of it i thought it was just like a okay that's really yeah wild because i saw it as well like on tiktok
2: I'm going to send you the link to the Kotaku story afterwards because they show some of the breakdown videos of her making it and how she's in like a wheelie chair with this thing and then has pieces to be able to control like movement and things like that. It all lights up. It's covered in moss. It can even do like rainbows and stuff and the light effects. And you guys know how I feel about RBG. And I'm just like, this is too damn good to like... You have to bring this to many, many, many uh, different events, Allison, because it's just so good. And it's huge. And the video of them trying to put it in a truck to actually get to the uh, convention they were at it was just... Uh, Oh my God, I can only imagine how freaking nerve-wracking it could be. So uh, Allison uh, actually specializes in these large, complicated cosplays, if you could specialize in something like that. I imagine once you make one, you want to make more. Um, and it was uh, debuted at the Orlando's Megacon earlier this year. And yeah, just go take a look and just bask in the glory of someone who's absolutely phenomenal at creating cosplay, because this is just this is just wild.
0: True it's cool story. too because it's not like a, a character. You know, it's like yeah. not what you no. think of when you think yeah. of cosplay. Um, so bringing that to, but it, it so much has like a, a life to it um, and a fear to it. So yeah, like seeing, I saw that cosplay as well and I was also just blown away. Um, it's just such a cool, creative thing to even conceptualize. And then to make it and make it work
1: is wild. Yeah, I hear that at a convention. I am dipping behind a table. <laughs>
0: Like I think my fight or too, flight right? will
1: kick in and I'll like, just be like fuck.
0: It's always <laughs> fun when there's like cosplay that you can where like other people and it, that encourages other people to interact with it. Um yeah. bonus points if like you don't have to talk in it because then like yes! I, you know. Like I remember cosplaying like No Face on my campus and it's so great to cosplay that character cuz you don't have to say anything and no one knows who you are. So it's like you just kind of hang out and 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 mess around. Um but yeah, that one that's super cool and makes me want to do new actual like prop elaborate pieces in the mm-hmm. future. Yeah.
2: Imagine, I imagine, I can't even imagine how long this took and how much figuring out to be able to get it all work. Cause they've got like the digital kind of glitchy stuff happening along with the lights. And then the eye actually pulsates like you would see in the game just before it's going to like laser your butt off. And it, it, imagined, it or it reminds me too much of like do at, at conventions and you'll see like the stuff from Dr. Who you'll see, um, you know, different star Wars uh, uh, like R2-D2 or BB-8 and things like that and like they'll bring them or the DeLorean will be parked there from back in the future, right? But how often is it that they that someone comes to a show to, d- d- to show something like this where they're just like, yeah, I'm going to go just cosplay rather than being hired by the show. I think Alice could probably be hired by any show now to go and show this off and hopefully pray that it doesn't get damaged when they cart it around the country. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, that pretty much closes out this week's episode. As always, I'd like to invite you to check out the show notes on girlsongames.ca for links to all the stories that we talked about, including the link to Alskin.chase.cosplay on TikTok. Um, I, it, and if you could, it'd be much appreciated if on the podcast platform where you listen to us you could go rate and review the podcast um it always helps with discovery and throwing us up in the uh, algorithm for people to find us and we read them all the good the bad the ugly so much appreciated don't forget we also have talk back so if you want to go and leave us a voice memo you can be featured on the show go in the iHeartRadio app to do that and uh it's that point in the show where i give everybody a chance to shout out the social media handles and where they can follow us online Janet, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for, you know, carving out a bit of your time to sit and chat with us. I really appreciate it and really am so enthralled in everything you do in the video game industry. Thank you for coming and chatting with us. I think it's really awesome to really push more women being critics and coming at it from an angle that's so different from, you know, the norm. And uh, what you're doing is awesome. So uh, if you want to plug anything, this is your opportunity. And uh, thanks for being on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks. Likewise. I'm uh, excited to get the invite. Um, and this was really fun. Uh, you can follow me across uh, all social media platforms. That's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, ev- everywhere. Uh, under the handle Game Onysis. That's Game O-N-Y-S-U-S.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Catherine, where can people find you? I am C-S-D-S-B-I-N-S. C-S-D-B-I-N-S on Twitter and Instagram. But you will definitely find me in the Girls on Games Discord.
2: And I am Leah. You are on most social media platforms, but of course, you want to know everything there is to know about Girls on Games. You could track us down at the Girls on Games on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, there we go. It's the end of the show. I'm stuttering. The Girls on Games on Twitter and Facebook. Girls on Games, no dot in there, on Instagram. Discord.me slash Girls on Games to continue this lovely convo and more. But of course, if you ever need to know anything at all, you can track it down at our home base. That's our website, girlsongames.ca. Thank you, Janet. Thank you, Catherine. It's been another lovely week in video games and I'm off to play more Witchwood. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.